Guardian Academy core concepts, resource allocation. This is one of, if not the most important thing to understand, but you have to have all the foundations that lead up to this. So if you haven't gone through those, just zoom through them really quick. This is where it starts to take a little bit more cognitive horsepower to process and implement and participate. A resource allocation. One of the most important concepts, as I said, and I'm going to break down why. I'm going to try not to fire hose you to the face. Um, and it is another core concept, as you can see. We'll get deeper into the details in Wolfpack, Wolfpack Leader, Alpha Wolf, et cetera, et cetera. We'll really start working through this stuff, workshopping with guardians, helping them apply it to all areas of their life. So for now, just let uh, chew on the concept. Just let it sit, okay? Double, triple, quadruple, loop it meaning share your updates, journal about it, come back to it, think about it, leave the loop open, uh, and just sit with it. Observe, see where it uh, presents itself in your life. The reality is people struggle with this most because they're resource optimists and do not account for randomness. Now, you all know resource optimists, even though yesterday was a mess, they swear that their calendar is booked minute by minute and they're going to get all this done on time. They don't account for traffic. They don't account for um, a red light or two extra. They don't account for, you know, a, a tire going flat. Those are time optimists, and time is a resource. Uh, financial optimists assume that their budget, they budget everything to the penny, and nothing's going to reveal itself. Like their dog is not going to get sick, and they're going to have a two thousand dollar vet bill. Right? Those are resource optimists. They do not account for randomness. So you may have to go back to uh, engineering luck just so you can appreciate time and randomness because they are undefeated, which is reality number one. Time and randomness are undefeated. We have to account for them playing the game and winning the game. Okay, so you go back to engineering luck, the uh, resources will be linked here. Obviously, in reality two, resources are not unlimited. A lot of business books, a lot of investing uh, stuff, a lot of uh, relationship advice assumes unlimited resources, right? Like, well, you just have to make time to do this and you just pay for these things and you just run ads until they're optimized. That assumes that you have enough time, unlimited amount of time. That assumes that you have enough capital to run ads until they're optimized and you're not going to run out. That is not the reality for most people. If you're not a Fortune 500, um, resources are not unlimited. So we have to assume that they are and operate as if they are because that is the reality so that brings us to resource allocation years and years and years ago it was 12 years ago and some change i was uh i was going pro as a strongman another life and uh one of the best in the world he just done world strongest man he said hey uh i'll help you but you got to do what i say you're going to do i said fine so he came to one of my uh, competitions and, uh, you know, it was outside, it was in Florida, it was hot and everybody's jumping around, getting all hyped up, all this stuff. And I'm walking around and he comes over and he goes, what are you doing? And I was like, uh, his name is Vince. I was like, Vince, I'm just, you know, walking around. And he said, yeah, that's why you're an amateur. Find some shade, sit the fuck down and drink your water. And I kind of looked at him and he's like, just sit down. And I was sitting there. He's like, look, if you want to win, uh, you have to win this event, this event, and this event. Every ounce of energy that you're standing in the sun and walking around is not going into winning those events. I probably should not have won, won that event. I was not the strongest or the best there, uh, but I did finish first place. 
in large part because everybody else was misallocating their resources. They're walking around, jumping around, and as the competition went on, uh, I was performing better and better and better relative to everybody else because I had figured out my first real, like, conscious um, resource allocation. Okay, so it's a version of that. Like, don't, if you really want this, don't put resources into this. I don't care that everybody else is doing it. That's why you're going to win. And that sticks with me. So I'm a resource allocation guy. I'm a resource conservation guy. That's the lens through which I teach and talk. You don't have to be, but I'm going to share my perspective here. It is part of our core curriculum. So resource allocation. Before you continue, go back and watch Recapture and Reallocate Overview, because we're going to build on top of that. Okay, That is in the foundations, Recapture, Reallocate, Overview, and Prioritization. Okay, prioritization is part of the solvable problem overview. So I'm going to assume as we move forward that you understand um, kind of the recapture, reallocate concept and you have prioritized. You figured out what is important to you and you're able to prioritize it from most important to least important. Uh, if you haven't done that, go do that so that you can follow along. Okay. So now when we talk about uh, resource allocation, we're jamming the two together. We're going to marry the two uh, Recapture, reallocate, and priorities. How do they all fit together? One of the fastest ways to recapture and reallocate is to do it from your own priorities. It might sound weird, but let me explain. Okay. When you prioritize without consideration to resource allocation and the fact that time and randomness is undefeated, time is going to pass and randomness is going to happen. And both of those are very important, especially the last bit. Randomness is going to happen. COVID, totally unexpected. Hey, did you plan for it? Probably not. Some people may have. Um, but there, there are plenty of people that were on track to reach their goals. COVID hit, and now they haven't reached their goals. They don't have a job. They don't have a path forward. It's, it seems pretty hopeless, and they haven't locked in the things that matter to them. Right? It's kind of like up Shit's Creek without a paddle, it feels like. And uh, But if we consider our priorities and resource allocation and uh, the fact that time and randomness is has its properties and it's always going to have those properties. We can do this. This is the standard thought process. Okay, I got, let's say, three priorities. You might have four, five, six, seven. And uh, this is assuming that they're all the same cost. Obviously, that's not going to be the case. This is just for easy math. This is a conceptual framework. Okay, the details will come later in later tiers. Uh, so let's traditionally, obviously the first one is the more priorities you have um, with this framework, the less resources are going to each one. Okay, So if I had five, uh, it would be 20% each. If I had 10, it would be 10% each. Okay, So I'm spreading my resources thin. But if this is the case, I'm going to put 33% of my you know savings towards this priority, 33% towards this one, 33% towards this one. And I've done the math in the Certainty app or on a spreadsheet or on a napkin. In nine years, I will have funded my solvable problem. Okay, This is how most people operate. This is how a lot of financial advisors operate. Is, okay, you put some here, some here, some here, and in this time frame, you'll have this. All right, well, that doesn't account for time and randomness, but uh, that's scenario one. Now, scenario two, if I actually recapture and reallocate, which means recapture the resources I'm putting into the lower priorities and reallocate them entirely to the first priority. It looks like this, 100% zero, zero. This stresses people out uh, because our brains keep thinking we live in a vacuum. 
<laughs> so in nine years, I will have funded my life goal. It's going to take me three years to fund this one, three years to fund this one, and three years to fund this one. So it looks different, but same outcome, right? In a vacuum. In a vacuum. Now, when we account for randomness, okay, this is what happens. We're just going to go three years at a time. This is a nine-year timeline. You can adjust it. Again, conceptual framework. In three years, you have nothing locked in. In scenario one, in three years, you have 33% of each of these funded. Nothing locked in. In six years, you have nothing locked in. You have three priorities that are whatever, 66% funded. And in nine years, boom, your solvable problem is funded just like you planned. Which means for nine years, nothing terribly unexpected can happen or you're up shit's creek without a paddle. Now in scenario two, where we allocate 100% until this is locked in, and then we allocate 100% to priority two until it's locked in, and 100% to priority three is locked in. In three years, you have priority one locked in. So if something terribly unthinkable happens on year five, you still have two things to solve for, but you locked in the most important thing. Okay? This is accounting for time and randomness. This is ensuring that the most important things still happen. See how that works? Uh, after six years, priorities one and two are locked in. So you still don't have priority three. You haven't even made progress towards it, but COVID hits, you lose your job, somebody gets sick, randomness happens. You've gotten two of the most important things to you. And on uh, year nine, solvable problem funded. Okay, so the best case scenario is still the same, but you've created better worst case scenarios. Same upside, less downside. That is engineering asymmetry to the upside by systematically removing downside simply by uh, recapturing resources going to priorities two and three and reallocating them to number one. And then when that's done, you cross it off and you uh, uh, recapture anything that you put to priority three and put it to priority two and so on and so forth. This is how you have the same potential outcome but through allocating resources strategically, uh, you've put yourself in a better position every three years in this case. Okay, so if something goes wrong on year four, something unexpected happens, which it always does, you now are in a new scenario and have three priorities to solve for and no path forward. Okay? In scenario two, by reallocating resources differently, you have to solve for two priorities and you locked in the most important thing. Your worst case scenario, you still get the most important thing, okay? Uh, and you can see that pattern here. Uh, after six years, if something if something goes wrong on year seven or year eight, then you gotta start all over and figure out how to get the three things that matter most to you. Whereas in scenario two with proper resource allocation, uh, you only have one thing to solve for. You've got the two most important things. And that's pretty awesome that, you know, Life completely fell apart, but you still got the two most important things to you. How bad can it really be? And then obviously, both scenarios end up the same if you live in a vacuum and nothing unexpected happens, but we cannot assume that. That has never happened since the beginning of time. Okay, So I hope that makes sense. The scientific orientation, if you go back to the adaptive dilemma, we're just taking a scientific orientation and we're allocating resources through the lens of risk and probability, accounting for time and randomness 
That's all it is. I know when you sit down and you do it on a sheet, it feels better to fund six different things. So you feel like you're making progress to six different things, but it's a very, very, very fragile framework and you're more likely to end up with none of them. Believe it or not, prioritizing one at a time increases the probability that you actually get them. Okay? So we recapture from lower priorities and reallocate to higher priorities. That's the easiest way to immediately improve our uh, position in the future, the probability that we get the most important thing to us. So you do have to gut check yourself. You got to go back to the solvable problem and gut check. You know, if you're not willing to do this, then whatever you say your number one priority is probably isn't. And that's okay. You just got to be honest with yourself so you can align your behaviors. All right. So other ways to uh, recapture the two Oreo principle that is in the recapture reallocate series, it's a really quick way to find free money, free time and uh, resources laying around the three rhythms, which is a little more complicated. I'll link you to some resources, just your business, uh, the industry and your personal rhythms. They're all different. And if you can identify them, you can usually find where you are hemorrhaging resources. Okay. So I'll link to that. Uh, there's gonna be a full three rhythms training up at Wolfpack leader tier. Uh, and then the barbell, we're going to talk about this one today. Yeah, the barbell, uh, the barbell is simply a bimodal framework. So you're going to see, we have all these frameworks that we're going to work through. Um, but this is what we're going to focus on. Yeah. In many industries in, uh, investing, which we'll, we'll go through this barbell in the Wolfpack tier this particular one, but investing, when we're talking about risk mitigation, uh, it turns out to be a bimodal strategy, meaning there's a reliable side and there's an upside. There's asymmetry to the upside, right? Reliable bets, huge bets. Anything in the middle is pointless. Like, why would you bet a dollar if you could get a dollar and you're not even sure if you will? You could reallocate that dollar to something more reliable or you can reallocate that dollar to something with more upside. Be, like betting a dollar for an unknown chance of winning a dollar doesn't make any sense. It's the middle of the barbell. We we're doing that in all areas of our life. We can recapture that and reallocate it to something that has, or, you know, even like a high interest bank account might be better than completely random symmetric bets or something like crypto. So we can reallocate anything in the middle. Okay. So that is how it looks when investing. This is a bimodal uh, risk mitigation strategy for, uh, financial resources in computer science it's called explore exploit which means should i spend my time exploring should i spend my time dating to find a better option or should i marry the person that i'm dating now that's explore exploit do i find more or do i lock in what i know there's a whole framework it depends on the time actually it's time bound um you know the movie's might say uh, a movie producer might say, do we explore new franchises or do we exploit franchises? People we already know people like, well, it depends on how long we think people are going to watch movies in theaters. So it's time bound. Okay. Explore, exploit anything in the middle doesn't make any sense uh, because here, uh, this is like, uh, deciding one doing nothing or deciding to marry a stranger. Uh, so the question is like, do I go out to the new, find a new place to eat or do I eat at the place I like the most? Okay. Uh, and again, it depends on time. That's a preference thing. Nothing in the middle makes sense. That's another bimodal strategy. The one we're going to focus on today comes from medicine. It actually comes from uh, 
uh, biology. Minimum effective dose and maximum recoverable volume. Okay, I'll give you a couple examples really quick. Uh, if five milligrams of this antibiotic will cure you, okay, then taking 10 more than the minimum effective dose is in the middle. That's same outcome, but more risk. It doesn't make any sense to take 10 milligrams if five will solve the problem. Okay. Uh, another thing is, let's say you exercise five hours a week. Okay. You would maintain the way that you look at three hours. That's the minimum effective dose. You would maintain just fine at three hours. Uh, but to change the way that you look, you would have to exercise seven hours. Right? So five hours, it's more than you need to maintain, but it's not enough to make a change, which means you are wasting two hours of exercise, two hours a week, right? By doing five, because three is minimum effective dose. So we could say exercise. We could say uh, most of the stuff you do in your business, if you're a business owner, falls here, where it's like uh, if you stopped doing 30% of what you're doing, your business would maintain just fine. It's not enough to make a change what you're doing now. And if you stop doing it, your business would maintain just fine. So that 30% extra that you are doing, you can recapture and reallocate to something, to a priority, to something more effective. Okay. So hope that the concept makes sense. You are either maintaining or you're getting better. Either one is fine. Uh, but anything you're doing in the middle, it's more than you need to maintain, but it's not enough to make a sizable difference. There are resources, time, effort, energy, money, attention, bandwidth, et cetera, et cetera, that you can recapture and reallocate by understanding minimum effective dose. Now, most people don't do this because they don't know what to do with their time. That's the biggest thing is they just got to feel productive and the, the need to feel productive is killing you. So using a framework like this, you can come up with your own. Um, it'll help you pull back and recapture those resources. So you might have, you might not doing it, you're busy, super busy, schedule's full, no time to do anything. Uh, but your business activities are, uh, we could even say your relationship, it's good, it's not everything you want it to be, but you know, they're all in the middle. The business is not getting significantly better. Your health, uh, your fitness, your aesthetics are not getting significantly better. Or your relationships are not getting better. It feels like you're just balancing them all, trying to maintain them. Well, you could probably say, all right, well, uh, my business is the most important thing right now. If I fix this problem, I could solve the other problems. So we'd find out, yes, this is, you really do this. Um, how much additional effort am I putting in my relationship that is not actually moving the needle? Okay. Remove all that, put it on minimum effective dose, enough to maintain because that's what you're doing anyway. Uh, exercise, how much do I need to maintain? Get a couple hours a week back there. And then you could take all of this additional uh, resources you've recaptured, put it to your business activities so you actually make a difference. Okay, And then later, after a quarter, after a month, after a couple quarters, after the year, you can say, all right, my business is finally where it needs to be. I'm going to figure out the minimum effective dose. I'm going to reallocate all of that to my relationship. Okay. You just got to keep it out of the middle. Wasting energy. 
more than you need to maintain, less than you need to uh, make progress. Uh, um, as far as investing, there's also a barbell, a financial barbell, which is, uh, again, this is the bimodal strategy. We, we talk about that a little bit later on in the, uh, in the trainings. So get used to this bimodal strategy. I hope that makes sense. You can recapture and reallocate a ton. You can make a ton of progress just working on everything up to this point. Now a bonus, real quick, is there's actually uh, prioritize, recapture, reallocate resources toward behavior. Okay, so like maybe you do decide that you want to get your fitness together. Maybe you do decide you want to get your business together. But how do you actually um, recapture and reallocate? How do you do resource uh, allocation in terms of accomplishing a goal? And I have a whole training on this. I build programs on this. I'll link them in the, the comments. Um, it's really like how to set sustainable goals. It's the same thing. But I'll run you through it really quick here. Okay. Behavior modification and prioritization falls on a pyramid, just like Maslow's hierarchy. It's basically Maslow's hierarchy. Uh, but the structure, you can you can modify it. This is a foundational structure. You'll notice it's the same shapes over and over again because it's the same fundamental principles over and over again. So behavior modification and prioritization, how do we recapture and reallocate, is we got to understand that we work from the ground up. That is how you actually succeed at things. Like Maslow's hierarchy, you have to have your psychological needs met before anything else matters. So don't put any effort or resource in anything else until your psychological needs are met. Very simple. Then once they're met, you can climb up the kind of climb up the pyramid here. So let me give you two examples: fitness and uh, business. <clears throat> Somebody may say to you, "Okay, cool. You're ready to get your fitness life together. Eat 2,500 calories a day. Uh, use this macro." It, eat five times a day uh, and yeah I mean you can have ice cream if it fits and also take all these supplements you will fail this is piss poor resource allocation okay it might seem like a good idea again if you don't account for time and randomness and you pretend that you live in a vacuum and you're a robot this makes sense but from a resource allocation behavior habit standpoint it doesn't so what we would do is we would start at the bottom the bottom tier is what I call enough this is just sheer uh, amount of stuff, okay? So enough is 2,500 calories a day. I don't know how they came up with that. That's probably not right. But uh, if this is what you're trying to accomplish, putting resources into trying to do all of this, you will fail. You will break down and fail. You you won't know, um, you know, you'll have a nightmare getting this macro split. You'll miss a meal or two, and then you won't know how to adjust. Uh, it'll be really stressful, trying to fit ice cream in, which is not the case. Ice cream is supposed to be fun. Uh, and you'll, you'll get all lost trying to take these supplements. It's going to be overwhelming from a behavior modification standpoint. So we start with enough. Okay, All of our resources get funneled into making sure we figure out how to eat 2,500 calories a day. Until we can do that, that is the only thing we put resources into. Because if we cannot do that, nothing else matters. Once we figure that out, we can go to uh, what I call balance. Okay, um, so once you can consistently eat twenty five hundred calories a day, as per the science of hindsight, your behavior, uh, you go to balance. Now you can start trying the macro split. That might take a while, but this has to be a habit first. Okay, so eat this, and then if and when you figure that out, you can start worrying about structure. Eat five times a day. Once you figure that out, 
and it's become easier, right? Because here's what happens. Eating 2,500 calories a day is really hard. It takes a lot of bandwidth. But then when it's a habit, it's on minimum effective dose. See, this is how you, to do all these things at the same time puts them all over here. You're going to burn yourself out. This is maximum recoverable volume. Uh, but if we just put 2,500 calories here until it's a habit, it's much easier to do the next thing. Okay, novelty, yeah, sure. Now that you can do that easily, it shouldn't be that hard to fit some ice cream in. And then if you really want to, you can take supplements. It probably won't matter because the, the returns are so diminished. If you can do these this bottom thing consistently, you're going to be fine. Uh, the other reason this is important is that you might find that you are happiest right here. Like you know that you can have ice cream if you want, but actually it's just really stressful. You actually prefer not to eat ice cream. It's great. Right, so you're not taking this whole thing as a as a um, like a certainty. You might eat 2,500 calories a day, do your macro split, and look and feel the way you want. You don't have to eat five times a day. Right, so you have to experience these things. So this is how we allocate resources appropriately with behavior modification. It's simply we 100% here until that is figured out, until that's a habit, and then 100% here. This is habitual. It shouldn't take much effort anymore. Right? Instead of going 20% here, 20% here, 20% here, so on and so forth. The same concept. Now in a business um, in a business context, somebody might say, All right, you gotta make a, you gotta do marketing, you gotta make uh, videos. You make one video a week, okay? Alternate between funny, serious, and informative. So one funny, one serious, one informative, repeat. Uh, the best way to do it is ba- batch film them and just release them every Friday. Um, and then every now and then, test fun, crazy videos. Edit it in weird ways. Just see how your audience responds. And make sure that you optimize all the videos and you hashtag and you test headlines and thumbnails. Every video you should try, 10 headlines and five thumbnails. Again, you will fail trying to put resources toward your limited resources toward all of this at the same time. But we say enough. Okay, one video a week. Can I do one video a week? Forget everything else. Until you can do one video a week, none of this other stuff is going to matter. You can't alternate between funny, serious, and informative if you can't do one video a week. Put all your resources towards enough. Once that becomes habitual, you put 100% of your resources to balance. And in this case, the balance they want is uh, one-third funny, one-third serious, one-third informative. So all your resources go into being able to do that well and consistently until it's habitual. And then you go to structure. All right, well, now that I've figured out how to do this, I'm going to try batch filming and releasing every Friday. All right, once I figure that out, I'm going to test videos and edits. And then if I really want to, if I the, the returns are diminished, but diminished returns are still returns. If I still want these additional returns, I can do the complicated stuff, optimize hashtag uh, and, and do all the thumbnails. So this is using... Um, a bimodal strategy, kind of a behavior modification period to recapture and reallocate resources in a way that accounts for the scientific orientation, right? Uh, We're we're accounting for risk, we're accounting for probability, we're accounting for our own behavior, and we're accounting for randomness. And we are uh, strategically giving ourselves the highest probability getting the outcome that we want. It's very important, especially when you start getting into investing, especially when you start getting investing uh, large sums of money and stuff, but Again, this is this conceptual frameworks. Hope that makes sense. Uh, you can watch this again. I'll put all the resources in the description and in the article. As per usual, live to learn, give to earn.
watch it, journal about it, share your six word update, see what others have to say, have some conversations, write about it, share it with us. We'd love to see it. And uh, again, give to earn is really, you can always come back. And if you come back and watch this video again, you should be an entirely new person. It should hit you differently. And you can go through this process over and over and over until it starts to click. Once it starts to click, you're going to start applying it without even realizing it. And once you start applying it without realizing it, you're going to start reinventing it. You're actually going to find really cool spins on it and ways to present it and think about it that I could never think of. So looking forward to seeing your, uh, your shares inside or outside the Guardian Academy. Thanks for listening to the Guardian Academy podcast. Hope it was helpful. If so, do us a favor, subscribe, leave us a review. Now remember, live to learn, give to earn. Reflect on and wrestle with any new ideas that you heard in this episode, and then turn around and share your experience with others. Remember, many of the audio files were pulled from video and turned into articles in our Knowledge Center, which you can access for free. There will be a link in the description. If you want to stay in the loop and hear more about what our members, our partners, and the community is doing, both in the real world and the Web3 world, check out our friends at Inside the Den podcast. Not only are they great dudes, they're highlighting and interviewing the movers and the shakers, and they helped us set up this podcast to be simple, helpful, and fun.